0: And no matter how many times we hear that, we still dance to it every time, don't we? It's because I we can.
1: I get, I get to really love that tune, actually.
0: It's so cool. We are The, the Book, Book Whisperers. Whisperers. And we didn't even rehearse that. But we've had sausages for breakfast, so we're high as kites. Yeah, we've been there, in our aren't office,
2: haven't we? Our special office. <laughs> yes,
0: we've
1: been back at Dobby's. For the first time be are,
0: to say that be like to there are
1: sausages available. There are, yes. <laughs> um, but it's the first time since we actually created the Book Whispers. For the first that's the last time we were there when we were talking about actually creating the Book Whispers. So it's really to me it's it's a major event. Major event. Major Welcome to,
0: to, to podcast number four. four. Is it
2: four I had to count already on my fingers.
0: Is it four already. Gosh, wow. Time flies, doesn't it? We are jolly grateful that you have joined us because have we got some stuff in store for you? Have we? Yes,
1: yes we have. Yes. Ooh. So
0: four and five, we have decided. We're planning this time, aren't we? Yeah. We don't just rock up here just in any <laughs> old gear with nothing. It's it's not just thrown together, is it?
2: Oh no, no, never, no never, never. We we spend hours, every, hours, every, every minute, every minute is is is, is
1: actually precision, planned. Timed, precision, yes. honed, yeah, honed. <laughs> Today
0: we're going to be talking about writing in your comfort zone. Mm. Which, actually, do you want me to, do, to, to read this little bit out? Do you know where yeah. the, the, the phrase comfort zone came from?
1: No, I don't, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like Mr Kipling Mis- Cakes.
0: <laughs> Monsieur Le Google says, Robert Yerkes and John Dodson actually coined the phrase comfort zone. And it goes back to a classic experiment in psychology. Back in 1908, they explained that a state of relative comfort created a steady level of performance. Oh, I
2: say. 1908. That's really interesting, though, isn't it? And so what we're talking about
0: is writing within our comfort zone today, where because we are all authors... Um because, you know, we, we are engaged in different types of writing, we do naturally have mm-hmm. comfort zones and we try and hone these skills within our comfort zones. So today is going to be all about writing within our zones. Mm-hmm. So we just want to rem- remind you who we are. I'm just going to draw the, short, the, the straws. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Lee, would you like to draw a straw? Oh, thank you. Oh, you got a short one, what a shame Oh, Mary, oh Mary, you've got the long one I must have the medium size off your pop, Mary Turner Thompson Who are you then?
1: So we are introducing ourselves again Absolutely I think probably everyone knows who we are by now But uh, yes, um, I'm Mary Turner Thompson I'm a memoir writer, I'm a publisher I, I do all sorts of things I'm a general dog's body, I'm a book whisperer uh, I'm not going to say it <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will say best-selling Selling international
1: <laughs> author. <laughs> every time <laughs> let, me, let me straighten my tiara yeah. um so yes uh best international best-selling author there you go um and absolutely loving it we were talking this morning about um how all three of us used to, to look at authors you know as the kind of gods uh, that, that, that they are and i still do i still look at every every author i meet i i kind of go oh wow you're an author and then i kind of go oh so why <laughs> It's just so much fun. So yes, so that's me. Yes, my my, my books are, are The mist, and i got The Psychopath coming out next year. Hooray! And I'm currently writing my first novel, which is a time slip fantasy. So yeah, well oh, very exciting. That is actually
0: exciting, isn't yeah, it? That yeah. really is. Well, my name is, is I'm sitting here with a medium sized straw. <laughs> you know that the straws don't exist. But anyway, I'm sitting here with the medium-sized <laughs> <laughs> My name is Susan Cohen, and I'm the director of um, the Wee Book Company and its sister company, Double Entendre Limited. Mm-hmm. We were just uh, discussing how, how rude those Double Entendre <laughs> books are. Quite by accident, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and uh, I've been writing for a few years, and it's all great fun. And how...
2: You Jinx, really. How about you, Miss Short Straw? Miss Short Straw. I'm just going to put it here on the table. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. We don't have
1: straws at all. I know, but, but I like to say it. Yes. <laughs> so, even though it doesn't exist, we still ordered the action when
2: you held the straws you, out to us. We still actually took a non-existent think, which straw. One <laughs> which one should we choose? Which one should we choose? In my mind's eye, my little straws, red. Oh. Mine didn't have a colour. Did it not? Well actually mine was red and white striped a bit like the Colgate. But never mind. Moving swiftly on. (laughs) Hello, I'm Lee Taylor. I'm a storyteller. I'm an author. I'm a publisher as of today. Oh, yay. Da, 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 da Scaramouche Press. Yes, yeah, launched. Today. Um so and I'm a podcaster. Yeah. Look at that. We've got Radio Star on there as well. Oh Radio Star Radio as well. Star. Oh, I'm just Video. collecting all these. And the an eighties and an eighties pop star. 80s, uh, yeah. And eighties pop stars. Yeah
1: so
0: talking about miss prickles we have samantha cochran author coming up yeah interview is at the top end of our show today because um it just is (laughs) timing timing of when people are available yeah yeah and samantha is a local author based in midlothian and a Totally good egg, oh, yes. don't you think? Oh, she's After yes. cracking. After the interview, we are going to have some whisperings. Cracking. Oh, oh my I like that. Yes. <laughs> I didn't actually see what you did there. I was cracking on with something else. <laughs> um, then we have the whisperings, which are, um, the book whisperers can be found on Facebook mm-hmm. and on www.bookwhisperer.com. The the mm. I knew that. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and they have been uh, sending in their uh, questions. Mm. We ha- we don't know what they are. I'm lying, we do. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to be giving you some excerpts of readings within our comfort zone. So, so what we like to, and, and what we make a living from, actually, mm. when it comes to yeah. writing. Um, and then we're going to be talking to you about all things writing and how we can encourage you to pick up those pains and crackle. Yeah. So what we thought we might start to do is to just have a wee chat with Samantha. What yeah, do you think? absolutely. Oh, I think that's a cracking idea. We're oh. rummaging for our phones because it's a seamless operation here. It is. It
1: I is. Shall seamless. It's <laughs> seamless.
0: It's <laughs> seamless. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing this morning, then, Mary, yeah. when, when uh, Lee was dialing up. <laughs> Did you have a nice sausage? Yeah, I did. Actually. It was lovely. It was a lovely sausage we had. At Double coffee, the gorgeous. Yeah. And Can you lattes. tell?
2: Double coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging off the lamppost.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello, Sam.
1: How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you all? We You're are posh. well.
0: We miss you. Where have you been?
3: I, unlike some people,
0: have been working for a living. Oh, <laughs> Are you
3: casting
1: aspersions on
0: us? Because <laughs> you're right. What we do is we sit in our little writing hovels and then somebody just slips money under their doors. <laughs> that's what we do. Well,
3: that's what I aspire to.
0: How
1: on earth can I get the job? Come on, help. <laughs> Well, you're getting there. You're getting there. You've got several books published now, haven't you? <laughs> tell us about those several books that yes. have been published. What's
0: your favourite, Sam?
3: Oh, it ha- oh, oh! Don't ask me that. That's it's a like terrible choosing question. your, your
0: favourite child. What's your favourite? Chi- no, what's your favourite? <laughs> oh, no, I can, book? T- I can tell you that straight off the bat. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> I
3: think the favourite one, oh, my goodness, it's always the one you're working on at the time, and yeah. I think everybody oh, would say true. that, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah that, that is true. Well, I think the one I spent most time doing was probably Charm Offensive because it's pretty long and it's gone through so many different. um, So I've actually, so originally Charm Offensive had a protagonist called Ellen who has completely disappeared from the finished product. So it has gone from story of one woman and her journey through to I actually engaged the the secondary characters and decided that they were way more interesting, so got rid of her entirely. Um, so these things, uh, Charm Offensive has been through so many different um, um, uh, versions that um, that's the one I've spent probably most time on. And I like it because I think it, it was written at a time when I was trying to sort through an awful lot of anger issues. And you know what? I think that shows up on the page an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you literally did kill your
2: darlings, didn't you? <laughs> I
3: did. Well, she wasn't, no. She wasn't really a darling. She was boring. That was the problem. She was oh, boring. Yeah. The woman that took her place was actually way more interesting, oh, more yes. interested in, um, in, in drinking and, and men and, and partying. So I thought, you know what? I, I'm, that's easier to write. I'll just do that instead. I can't be doing with nuances. Everything has to be fairly black and white with this
1: one. So. <laughs> well, having, having read Charm Offensive, I, I, I absolutely adore your female character. Um, oh, and okay. It's all You know, sort of like she's... I, I've forgotten her name. Uh, she comes from Australia. Yeah. So what's, what's her name? Corinne, that's it. Um absolutely brilliant. But she's she's up against this narcissist, this malignant narcissist, um, who is just such a great I mean it's charm offensive is just such a great title for it as well, because it's just it's, oh, thank it's you. psychological thriller um yeah. category. And available on Amazon. It's also on Amazon
3: Unlimited, so you can I think you can brilliant. So you it. can you can read it for free if yeah, you're if you, if you remember. It but it, absolutely. I, it's I, a long read, but but I, I absolutely love rereading it myself. Even though I wrote it, I sometimes go back to it and go, God, did I write that? I'm so bloody talented. And then, you know, <laughs> it just brings it it's all pretty, back, you know. Um, so I do like to do that as well. But yes, Charm Offensive has been available on Amazon for a little while now. Uh-huh. I am getting regular sales, which is very, very nice. Which is um, brilliant, yes. But I'm hoping that it's able to go up online. There's a new venture starting that I can actually – I can actually sell it myself as well, Um, hard copies, which is something that I'm hoping to do very, very shortly, hopefully.
1: Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely brilliant. And that's really, because
0: one of the... So sorry, did I just chop you off there? (laughs) I did. I did, Sam. I chopped it off. One of the things that we're talking about, Sam, in this podcast is is writing within your comfort zone. And we noticed Uh. that that recently you've started writing children's books. Is that a real big departure for you?
3: Oh, I would say... Yet when I first started doing it, it was. So what I've written to date that I've actually completed and I'm happy with is Child Offensive. But I've also written my autobiography, which obviously is another sort of adult read. There's nothing but child child's book about that one particularly. Um, and so when I first started writing children's books, it was only after I had my own children that I was able to do that. I wasn't in touch with... It. I know I'm a teacher, but I'm a secondary school teacher, so I don't mm-hmm. teach small people. It's usually people bigger and way smellier than I am.
0: <laughs> but, Steady.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but um, it wasn't until I had my own children that I that I started to write for them. The first one I ever did was actually an early version of Upside Down, which is airing on Made in Lothian at the moment. Yeah. Um, And that was written in response to my older daughter saying, I don't want to read about witches. I don't want to read about wizards or dragons or underpants or silly people doing stupid things. I want to read about little girls like me. So I thought, "Okay, fine. Well, we'll have a story about a little girl from Scotland. Um, So that's that's how that started. But it was only in response to them, really. So, yes, when I was childless, it was outside my comfort zone. I think once I had my kids, it was very much what I wanted to do after that. However, that then being said, my children are now growing up to the extent that they don't want little girl stories anymore. And I've started work on another adult novel.
1: Fantastic.
3: Okay.
2: Can you tell us a bit more about the novel? Well...
3: um, (laughs) There's a problem with this new novel because basically it's a near future dystopian tale of a post Brexit Britain. However, then the
2: pandemic came.
3: Post (laughs) Brexit Britain is so much worse than my book (laughs) that it can't compete. (laughs) I have had to stop. So, when the pandemic started, about a month into the pandemic, I was still writing this, and I thought it's pointless. There's absolutely no point me carrying on with this story <laughs> that takes place in around uh, about 2023 24, because I a like you've pointed out need to stick the pandemic bits in, but also um, everything's going so much faster to hell in a much bigger handbasket <laughs> that there's absolutely there's, there's no point yeah, it writing doesn't, this. Doesn't as bad not work. As it is. I had to dig deep and will have to because I've started writing it again now. I had a break of about six months just to see how COVID would pan out and I've started it again and it is taking some serious dig, deep digging to get to the absolute worst possible scenarios I can possibly think of to outdo reality <laughs> oh, gosh yes
1: 2020 has had a big impact on everyone Yeah, uh, indeed it does yeah. so that whole truth is stranger than fiction it's just mm.
3: oh absolutely But you on that the
0: anatomy you didn't want to be bitten on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got
3: stories about that too. Do you want to hear?
0: Uh, 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 <laughs> well, we'll leave it there with your adult fiction, Samantha Cochran, your potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whoa, so where can was, we, where can we find you? Where can we find your books?
3: Right, so Charm um, Offensive is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, hard copy or Kindle. Um, obviously the ones I'm working on at, at the moment are not, not available, but the other ones are actually online stories. So Upside Down and The Adventures of Teddy and Doggy, which is my other children's book, are not actually in book form yet, although I'm hoping that that's going to change very soon. There is a website being started by the Made in Midlothian group, which will be a platform for selling. And I'm going to go up on there and actually sell hard copies of...
1: Oh, fantastic. ...all
3: three of Child's Home Offensive and the two children's books as well. And that launches this Thursday, I do believe. Oh, uh, oh yeah. so- so hopefully I'll be on there and my collection hopefully will grow um, as and when I can kind of find horrible enough things to happen to this new set of people
0: that I've decided to write about. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Thursday the 10th of September yeah. you can get on to com, I presume. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Look so at it, you yes, on it, fire, girl. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So that'll be me. Um, hopefully uh, a, a little bit more of a mistress of my own destiny then because once you've gotten a bit more control over who sees, and and you can you can big up your own personal website rather than having to rely on the behemoth that is Amazon. Yeah, um, yeah. it it gets a bit more personal, and you can you can. You can work with it a lot easier, I
0: think. Or mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. hopefully that's how it'll work out. So Well good luck. Good luck. Thank you. I know that you've got a proper job to go back to and everything. We're just gonna sit here and twiddle our thumbs. And wait for Yes, indeed. Just sit there and wait for the, wait, yes, wait, wait gather for the up money to just put the money <laughs> under the door.
3: Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would swap sitting in a hole in the ground with no money for the job I have at the moment. <laughs>
0: Have the loveliest of days, darling. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I
3: really hope to see you ladies very, very soon because it's somebody's 50th birthday soon.
0: How are we get an oh, invite? Mischief coming over us. Oh, I know. Were you talking about mine? <laughs> no,
3: they I mean. <laughs>
1: Mischief oh with a
3: capital M. I, I mean, I'm desperate to have a party, but there you go. Lockdown's probably got other ideas, but there you you've go. Got, you've got a nice garden.
1: We can come, we can come and sit in your, your garden and two ourselves. I've
3: got a nice <laughs> garden in Scotland. Let's not forget that. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, I'm a brilliant dude. Lovely to speak to you. Absolutely good lovely luck, to talk to you. Luck, good care. luck.
2: Bye. Okay. And
1: you ladies, see you soon. Miss you. Bye. 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 Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: That's fabulous. It's, it's like so many, we were talking about Comfort Zone and it's like yeah. she's got a psychological thriller out. She's got a memoir she's writing. She's got children's books she's doing. I mean, talk yeah. about expanding your, your range of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah and no, she's doing stuff. really well. But I do think uh, if, if you get the chance to read champions, it's really good. It's yeah. really, really good. It's far better than she even knows. Sam actually, I've seen Sam speaking. She is remarkable. Yeah, I is. mean, that she is, is the
0: most incredible storyteller. Lee, uh, not quite obviously the <laughs> tears. <laughs> No, I just noticed what I said there. <laughs> but I am in awe of, of you know people who can stand up and just deliver and then hold the attention of an audience yeah. the way that you yeah. do, Lee, and the way that Sam does. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Isn't do you know it? one
1: thing I've noticed? It's actually brought, brought brought that up through what you just said there. But one thing I've noticed about authors is authors are incredibly supportive of each other, and it's never kind of been like in some of industri- industries I've been in, people have kind of gone, well, if you're doing well, and I'm not. Kind of yes. thing. Yeah, There's that yeah, kind of yeah. attitude of that kind of jealousy. Whereas actually, I find with authors, it's like everyone's just like you know, oh, brilliant, you're doing so well, and that's fabulous, and you're you know, and we all tend to be you know that that kind of boost to each other. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I, I think is true. With nice, women yeah. mind you I have to say true, but I'm, I'm including male authors in that as <laughs> well.
0: <laughs> I'm not. <I> <laughs> no, that's not true. I am. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Well, Samantha Cochran is one of our whisperers. Suppose, yeah, and yes, every week we have whispering. And her mum. And her lovely Kate. Kate. Yes, yes, Kate, yes, Kate Kelsey, as well. A big shout out to lovely Kate. Yes, yeah, she's also, it's wonderful that is, isn't yeah. it? Such a lovely thing. And so our whisperers every week send us questions. And I'm just going to take one at random. Look, we've got proper paper and everything. <laughs> let's pick one at random. Let's let's get Lee Taylor to pick one at random. Look at the cards, Lee. Pick oh, one I'll- Take that. Oh, this one. This is an anonymous question. Where do you find your
2: inspiration? Ooh, Mm. Uh that's a good question, Uh actually. I can get inspiration from anywhere, really. Reading the paper sometimes. Yeah. And you get a strange story will come up, and you'll think, oh, what's the backstory of that actual story? You know, how did that cat manage to rob the bank? <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- those kind of things where it's, yeah. I wonder how, what's the what's the mechanics of that? how did that actually work and what was going on in people's heads that kind of thing yeah, yeah. or or another one is I, I think we've discussed this before nebbing. Eavesdropping. Oh, yes. oh you've you, you mentioned that
1: before. I had, somebody actually heard the radio show and had said that they thought that was absolutely brilliant. And the idea of sitting in a cafe and just listening to other people's conversations <laughs> that you'd mentioned, I thought that yeah. was actually a brilliant idea. Yeah. No, yeah.
2: That, that one's great because that sets my little brain going off yeah. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I knew yeah, an world. author
0: once who used to sit in the departure hall of um, Heathrow. All right. And the long haul flights. And, and he used to sit just with his notebook. And watch, and another great place for inspiration, because you know when when I was a lawyer years ago, but in central Edinburgh, they've got you know, we've got all the high courts, so you know you've oh, you've got the, you've got the, yeah. yeah, and you have sheriff courts on, on one side, but if you go around the corner, you have the high court. so you've got civil cases going on, which are all sort of liable and people suing each other for non-payment all this kind of stuff, but you have the criminal court and anybody can go and sit in as a member of the public and yeah. just watch what's going and all life is there. Yeah. So you know what you I think you're right you can get
1: inspiration from from everywhere. You can get you, you can mm-hmm. get the thing is I find that the more you write the more things inspire you to write. Yeah. So it's like I mean you can go, um, I mean, it's like we were saying before about going to different venues and doing things, you know, and you can imagine just the three of us would get out of the car and see see sort of muddy leaves on the ground and we would get inspiration about somebody slipping on their butt or you know, even yeah. if we didn't leave the car, we'd just be watching the windscreen wipers, we'd get a story about when someone. We were being thinking about was, actually yeah. just driving yeah. to the venue, yeah. not
0: getting into the car. <laughs> <laughs> doing the podcast where we're squashed into the back of the smart car. It is the home the amazing
1: the imagination that you that you end up having when you're used to writing things down because you end up I mean, I'm I'm getting much more imaginative the more I get into my novel whereas before being memoir writer it was it was really writing about what had happened so um you know that that that's kind of restricted because there's only so so much you can write about your your own past but it's a novel you know you can do anything you know so you can literally if you if you pitch a pitch up at some woods Mm You know, you're either going to go, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to write a love story, or you go in and go, oh, this is quite scary. I'm going to Where's write a, a, a horror. Hidden. Yeah, you know, sort of like or a cute little kid story about the, the 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 squirrels and the. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, it's, it's like it depends where your imagination goes. But the same, every single person that goes there will come up with a different story. You know, yeah. it's one of the reasons why with our writing retreats, you know, you go somewhere, you know, nice and, you know, it will just come, you know, because you're surrounded by other people who are talking about stories, you know, you actually, you actually end up, your your creativity and your imagination just goes completely bonkers yeah. in a while.
0: It's funny you should say that, actually,
1: because I think what we're talking about
0: inadvertently when it comes to people writing within their comfort zone is that we are talking about new writing mm. because, you know, it takes a while to establish our comfort zone. Mm. You know you have to try all sorts of different things and and instinctively normally you're you're drawn to something unless what's happened to you me you know and mm-hmm. then the, obviously the memoir came a calling um but in terms of of comfort, I think once you get the zone and I think in terms of new writing, I think finally honing the skills within your zone, mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for that where mm-hmm. you have a, a level of confidence, a level of perceived skill if you like within that zone yeah. and then once you're in that zone you use that as a platform to jump off yeah. almost as Samantha was, was um describing there when she was doing Charm Offensive and she was going back and she was honing it and she was editing it and once you get to that that's almost your platform isn't it to jump yeah. off into yeah. other areas mm. would you say? Yeah, yeah definitely no, Definitely Look at us. We've got all academic. Oh we have. <laughs> what the actual heck? So we've got another whisperings question. Do you look. Proper little cards and everything. May turn Thompson, why don't you choose the next little card? Okay,
1: I'll slide one out.
0: And she slid one and out. The winner She's is... given me
1: the whole pack back, <laughs> Which means that I have to choose one, which oh, is okay. do you have any writing rituals? Ooh. Oh I do. I do. I do. So. It's like when I'm when I'm in serious writing mode, uh I'm I actually get up at five in the morning. Um and I go downstairs and I just like during during the pandemic, utterly hysterical because I would I, I had to because the kids were up because I've got teenage children. <laughs> well I've got two teenagers and one twenty-one year old. Um and uh I was um yeah, they would stay up till like 3 in the morning and I would go to bed at 9 o'clock at night and then get up at 4 in the morning so I actually had the space <laughs> the time and the house being empty the uh, space. but it, yeah, it was like a timeshare house but no, no, normally when I'm actually uh, writing when I'm really really into writing a book and I'm trying to get the, the content done I get up at 5 in the morning I write for a couple of hours before everybody else gets up and then you know I just I have that kind of I don't switch on the computer I don't switch on anything well, I do switch on the computer to type but I don't switch on emails I don't check anything else because it's when you wake up in the morning, your your brain is fresh and you've been thinking about things all night. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you see the news or such on Twitter or anything it, else, it yeah, throws it yeah. completely mm-hmm. out. But mm-hmm. if you can just go into that that really fresh, yeah, sure. straight thing in the morning, mm-hmm. it's just everything just comes tumbling out and you get so much done in that couple of hours. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my, my ritual when I'm writing. Is just,
2: you know. I've got a favourite pen. I have to use a favourite pen. Um, and it's it's like coming home with this favourite pen. So um oh, that's really yeah. interesting. It's just the the feel of the pen if it's if if it doesn't feel right, I, I it throws me slightly. So I've got a favourite pen and I've usually got well a whole set of these types of books. So I'll write in those. So notebook- which notebooks which should be notebooks. Yeah, yeah, very fancy. My people on the radio notebooks. can't see what you just said. <laughs> yeah, very fancy pounce notebook. But the notebooks have have to be the size that will fit in my handbag. Yeah. Um usually I'll sit to the kitchen table. That's the place where I'll sit and write. And um, like you, I'll get up. up. If I'm really on it, I'll get up early in the morning and I'll just write, just go in there and write. That is
0: really interesting, isn't it? I think the whole, um, I think what I do is that I, I (laughs) someone once told me that writing is about applying your seat to the chair. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think I, I actually don't get up until I finish what I set out to do. So, no matter what time of day it is, and I mean I can work write all the way through and not get up till six in the morning but but, I simply don't move from the spot until the words are on the on the screen wow. and that can can that can start any time. so do you use a computer? you don't write directly on paper. i always write i always uh, go directly on screen, but I edit in hard copy right okay. so I create on screen, but i I cannot edit. On screen How at funny, all. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's just a wiring thing. But I think what, what because I'm a traditional publisher and I deal in hard copy books, so until something comes out and it's in hard copy, it doesn't, it's almost, it doesn't have its final form. So until I, I visualize
2: its final form, I can't yeah, do it. I really. heard a fact the other day that um, editing, if you edit on hard copy, you'll edit a lot faster, something like 40% faster than you do on the screen. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Look at us,
0: we've come over all professional. (laughs) So we're not those writing fairies after all. (laughs) Sitting there wee toadstools and wait for people just to (laughs) flatter money.
1: (laughs) Doing your little bodices. Oh, that would be so much fun! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, how, how, have you both got a story in your head now about little fairies and toadstools? Yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's
0: that
1: constant, bad. Yes, right?
0: No, it is. It's it's, a, it's an illness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an obsession.
0: <laughs> yes. but you know what? I have to say that that's the beauty we were just discussing earlier today lockdown was not dull for us. No. Yeah, I can't understand what people were saying. Yeah. yeah, people say, oh, I'm bored, and not know what to do. But actually, if, if you have writing in your life, you're I never, never going bored. to be bored. Never. Yeah. Reading and writing, is, is it was a really busy time for us, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. We just Still produced is. volumes of work, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, absolutely. So producing volumes of work, we are going to share with you some of the writing that we have done within our various comfort zones, are we going to go... in order of straws that
2: we drew earlier, <laughs> we can do if you like those
0: straws, <laughs> those red and white ones that we that we t- <laughs> we so it's the comfort zone
2: bits, not the non-comfort zone. Comfort zone,
0: zone bits, comfort zone bits. Yeah. So yeah, that means yeah.
2: me starting, doesn't <laughs> it?
0: Would well, that be uh, me, Thompson? Internationals, that will International. be,
1: that will mm-hmm. be. be. Oh, um, okay, so so we were sort of talking about having something that we were comfortable with. So uh, I thought what I would do is, is actually that this is this is a chapter of the new book. It's a chapter of um, the psychopath, Ooh. which is coming out on the first of March twenty twenty one. It will be available, I think, on first reads. Well, oh, let's sure get the balloons, and the champagne um, oh, on no. the first of February. So yes, <laughs> it's get, are, garden. Yes, we are going to have to celebrate in Big Sur. Um So, uh, but yes, this this was actually the chapter I wrote about writing the bigamist. So oh, it's a kind of like say. it's wheels within wheels here. So and I've never read this out, so I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but we'll see. If you're I am no looking, here.
2: breathe, send to
1: yourself. So it's called The Purge. As per mum's wishes, and only two days after she died, I attended my first writing workshop at the Edinburgh Book Festival. The day after her funeral... I went to the second of the workshops. It was a creative writing session attended by about 20 people, all sitting in a circle with notebooks in hand. The first exercise we did was to tell the others three things that had happened to us recently that we could write a story about. Each person said their piece and then it came to me. Well, in April, I found out my husband was a bigamist and a con man who actively impregnates women to rip them off for money. And last week, my mum died. And then yesterday she set fire to Morton Hall crematorium after her funeral. (laughs) As you can imagine, the reaction was rather like I'd set off a small explosion in the centre of the group and their shocked faces made me laugh out loud. I must have looked totally insane. Then the next person said, how on earth can I follow that? The third session I attended was a life writing discussion in which the literary agent Jenny Brown talked to a publisher about the sort of work they commissioned. During the session, I asked a question and at the end, I leapt out of my seat to catch the presenters before they left the theatre. I blurted out a quick summary of my story and they both gave me their cards asking me to meet for, for, for a chat. I can't even speak. I met with Jenny Brown in a little cafe near her offices. We sat down and I explained in detail what had happened. Jenny was brilliant and very encouraging at first she said I would need to get a ghostwriter as I'd never written or published anything before but I explained that I wanted to tell the story in my own words and use any book I created to launch onto something new what I'm doing now she suggested I send in a chapter to see what she thought and her response when I did was lovely she replied well the one thing that's clear is that you don't need a ghostwriter it was very encouraging and made me feel more confident the first publishers I met were bowled over by the story as well. We had one meeting and they offered me in advance. I found that fascinating. I was a complete unknown and they had no idea if I could write. But the story was so extraordinary that it warranted paying me in advance to see if I could produce a book. If my mother could have been anything she wanted, she would have been an author. And for me to get a publishing deal only a month after she died felt like honouring her. I was deeply sad that she was not alive to see that happen, but I did feel that at least I was doing her proud.
2: Oh, that's oh, lovely. Oh, that's lovely. That's
0: really lovely. So yeah. How does that feel, the the wheels within the wheels? You know, because you started off as, as as memoir and then you are edging it's almost like you're incrementally starting from memoir to something else and then going into fiction. Yeah. But this this do you feel that this is a transitional sort of novel, bridging between
1: the two. The yeah, two well that, that that was memoir, the that bit. But the the, the doing the novel uh, I'm learning so much doing it. You know, it's sort of like in the first draft that I came up with, it was effectively a psychological thriller, uh, and it doesn't work as a psychological thriller. Right. Um, so the the with the with the novel, I'm changing it to being this time slip fantasy. It's about a woman recovering from from trauma, but she doesn't even really know she's been through the trauma. Mm. So it's it's like looking at almost the um, the after effects of how trauma affects one person, and then it trickles down to everybody else. If that makes any sense so yeah, it does. so yeah. she, she is effectively the product of a rape so it's it's how she was treated by her family because she was a rapist's daughter although she doesn't know that growing up so the whole thing is is about her recovering from that kind of rejection she has from her family and it's uh, but but she doesn't she's not aware of that throughout the whole of the novel if that makes any sense she only realizes yeah. at the end yeah. so you know having gone from being a um, a psychological thriller it's now a kind of story of courage and recovery. Fascinating. So, um, and do you think yeah. the
0: psychopath, so the psychopath, are you still classifying it as memoir oh, yes, writing? very much so. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's very much, uh, the bigger bigamist is, is sort of six, six years I spent with him and then the psychopath is kind of zooming out. So it's 14 years later. Okay. It's zooming out and seeing that same story under a different perspective yeah different
2: microscope yeah Yeah.
1: but also sort of seeing how how I had become a victim what the language are that psychopaths use how you can identify psychopaths so it's like it's give it's sort of sharing that 14 years knowledge of my Total obsession with psychopaths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but I am a little bit obsessed with them. Um, and uh, but I, I find I, I'm not obsessed with them in a, in a kind of scary way. I'm just utterly fascinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of 14 years of reading articles every day, and sort of distilled down into. You have kind of to one be book. one of
0: the world's most you know foremost experts actually in the field. Now, <laughs> I mean, genu- <laughs> genuinely though, because you, you are yeah, uh, uh, as, as a speaker yeah. in in that field, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I haven't got any degrees in it. I haven't got any, I'd love to do a doctorate in criminal mm-hmm. psychology, actually. I really would. Yes, you know, but I, I would give you six months and you'll, you'll wrap that amount <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like get an honorary, keep I'll going. Get, yeah. One day,
1: yeah. one day, maybe. Never no, I know. do.
0: I, I can't see that happening, <laughs> though. You know, yeah. I, I can't see that. Because, yeah. you know, the, the, there's no
1: substitute to, to that experience that you've got at the, yeah. sharp, the sharp end of it. Yeah, but it's it's it, that's what's so funny about my books they're not kind of misery memoirs they're not kind of no. how poor me or anything else they're very much okay well i did this i did this i did this you know and this is what happened and this is why and it's very analytical actually mm-hmm. um but nice. you know my brother says it's rather like watching a train crash in slow motion <laughs> you know you sort of like you're kind of screaming out no but you can't tear your eyes away beautiful Beautiful. piece so of yeah. writing
0: oh, thank really you. evocative well thank done yeah so, in terms of the straws, where were we? It's you next,
2: I think. Oh, it's me next. Oh. Yes, yes.
0: Well, you know what, mine's completely different, but mine is in my comfort zone. This is, um, this is a poem that I rustled up called Big Geordie's Maddle-Headed Bunnet. Oh, I love <laughs> so it's completely, yeah, it's not the classic tome, but anyway, there you go. Um, Big Geordie wore his bunnet, it was a tweedy shade of blue, and had a metal badge on top shaped like a Highland coo. Big Geordie wore his fancy bunnet pulled right down over his eyes. It was dark inside the bunnet, and it formed a deep disguise. Of all that went on underneath, of all the good and bad, the world could only see the bunnet, but Geordie remained tweedily ironclad. Nobody could get right close, and that's the way he chose. From beneath the bunnet's small dark place, the world looked full of shadows of misery and trauma, of folk just on the make, of stuff that if you weren't careful would end up in heartbreak. So Geordie and his bonnet were stuck, just like tight glue, till one day in the high winds he tripped over his ain shoe, trying to give the dog a kick and stamp doon on the cat. He toppled right the way over and his bonnet flew off, just like that. And suddenly, the world appeared. In all its blinding light. The shock of it, there were no words, eh? Surely this isn't right. Geordie couldn't take it in. He sat in a wild haze. Where's my bonnet, My comfort blanket? How am I going to get through my days? I'm going to have to see the world and it'll see me back. Jings! How am I going to cope as exposed as a stripper's six-pack? <laughs> Time went on and Geordie lived bunnetless and bare. He got used to the light and shade and he learned just how to care. Care about the good stuff and the bad and the stuff he did not dare. Let everybody else know he'd hidden under the bonnet that he'd wear. To his shock, he came to realize that in his worries, he wasn't alone. Turns out that everybody else's noses were fixed to the same grindstone. One day there was a knock at the door. "Hey, Mister," I found your bonnet. It had flown right up a big high tree. Who knew? Thon bonnet clever, ain't it? Thanks," said Geordie quietly. "Here's a fiver for your trouble." He turned and put the bonnet in the bin. Underneath the midden and the rubble. Time to get his skates on, he'd wasted enough time, hiding under his bonnet, committing the mehusive crime of retreating from the great wide world and shunning its fine great days. Geordie's bald head was out and proud, and it was here to stay.
2: Oh, oh I love that <laughs> <laughs> What was the what was the influence? What what drove you to write that?
0: You know what we at the wee book company, what we try to do is 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 to make it as as funny as we can, so it appears funny. So Jordy and his muddle headed Bennett. is kind of like you know, I think it's quite funny, and the Highland Ku on top. But beneath the surface, we try to embed motivational material.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, so far, touch wood, I am touching that. Yeah, I'm touching wood. <laughs> so far, touch wood, that works. And and we seem to get our books into the hands of people who don't read motivational material mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. And so we we constantly we're trying to sort of shine up things that look funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. but on the surface, and oh, and cooking. hopefully
1: they work a little bit. Yeah. On yeah. the funny as well. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really that's good. That's where we, we live. Motivate people by making them mm. laugh.
0: Yeah, that's was- me.
3: Oh, lovely. all <laughs> so about you. I know. You?
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> the lovely Lee. The lovely um, You always lead. have to let her go last because she just shows us up we when I'm stuff. No, can. We can't can. 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 right. can. follow it. <laughs> <laughs> no pleasure. <laughs> Are you sitting comfortably? Lovely. i got a fancy <laughs> yes. seat and everything. Then I'll begin. This is um, uh, an excerpt of, the, of Half-Life, which is due Ooh. out not too far away. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, and... Basically, this is the main protagonist, Diane, and Diane has had a nervous breakdown and is struggling her way through, and she's not having a great time in life, and she's had another kick, and so she's, again, struggling, and she's worried that she's going to go back to the place that she was before, and she's trying to figure it out in her head, so this this is where she's at four years later after having a breakdown and being incarcerated. For a short while, she's still not in a great place. Take the pills. That's what the doctor said. I sat in the surgery waiting room, shaking from head to foot, my hands virtually bouncing. I was trembling so hard. I pressed them together and pushed them between my knees so it didn't show. But I could tell that the woman next to me had noticed. I could see her looking at me from the corner of my eye. She was openly gawping staring at me with her beady eyes from behind those hideous tortoiseshell frames. She shopped to Cavendish house, had the bag at her feet, a blatant advertisement of her place in society, entitled. She made me feel awkward, ashamed. In my head, I was screaming at her, go away, leave me alone, stop judging me. But of course, I said nothing. These days I can hardly get a word out without stuttering and if I stutter then I start to blush. There are so many situations now that I have to avoid in case, in case. Inside I'm screaming, please God help me but he isn't there. There's no one there for me. So my turn came round. The doctor stood at the threshold of his door calling my name. I stood, then fumbled about for my bag and coat aware that all eyes were on me. It made me more self-conscious. I could see I had his attention. He waited. But there was something about his stance that implied impatience. Was it the tilt of his head, or the way his mouth was slightly downturned? That and the look on his face that said it all. That, oh no, not her again, look. I followed him into his surgery and sat on the appointed seat. When he asked, what is wrong with you? All I could do was cry. Tears spilled down my face. I sobbed and snotted, and that's before I had managed to even say a word. What's wrong? I don't know what's wrong. All I know is that I'm not right. I don't feel right. I'm constantly tired. Everything overwhelms me. I cry at everything. I can't sleep, and yet I'm so tired. How do I begin to explain what it is, or, or where and when it all began? Well. We are so emotional today, aren't we? (laughs) I could have given you a
0: second bit, but I'll just leave it there. (laughs) That's lovely. I have to say, actually, that really touches a nerve, is not it? When you hear that, and also the delivery, Lee, always, always,
2: Just just like a milk lady. eh?
1: (laughs) That was brilliant. I can't wait to read it. Actually, you know, I think it's going to be a really, really good book. Yeah, I think it's. I
2: personally think it's a cracker, but you know. Oh, that's yeah. sort of I have to say you,
0: you have to fall in love with the, 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 the book that you're writing mm, right at the moment though haven't you yeah. You know, and every time you write a letter I don't know but, you, but sometimes I'll sit back and I'll go oh that's a good line and <laughs> yeah. then in your head and then you read it out to somebody you're with and they go uh-huh
2: yeah, yeah. No, you've got to love it as much as I do. Which, of
0: course, no one ever does. My, <laughs> oh, my
2: know, husband does that half-listening thing. It's like, oh, oh, listen to this. What do you think? What do you think? So I'll read it out. And he's sort of like, he might have still have his head half in his in his, you know, computer or something like that. Oh, yeah, very nice, dear. <laughs> yes, my children are very, very bored of everything I do. <laughs> They're
1: not interested at all anymore. You when we did the comedy thing, yeah. it's like I said. I said to my kids, "Are you going to come along?" And they were like, "Nah." <laughs> so it's like, but that's the lovely thing about us is like we we're sort of like we'll talk to each other about the, the ideas we've got, and we all get terribly excited. And go, oh my gosh, that sounds great! You know, <laughs> you need to find your you need to find your motivational gang
2: yeah that, yeah, that actually absolutely. will support you yeah, and I mean, a it's, a,
1: it's a great thing about the um uh book groups and and, and writing groups and writing circles and you uh, and, and book whispers yeah, you know because yeah. that's that's something we've all had with each other is, is being able to to support each other and be enthusiastic about about ideas and and bits yeah of we spur each other on really yeah. don't we
2: I think so. Well, talking
0: about spurring each other on, because we did talk about living within the comfort zone Mm. there, didn't we? And I think the thing about... um uh, the, the, the book whispers was that we started off by doing the first course which was an introduction to thinking about actually and plotting your own mm. novel and actually setting the impossible task of doing that in six weeks <laughs> <laughs> and we had all these people you know, gaily go yeah we can do this and then by the end of it they went that's impossible we
1: know
2: we <laughs> but know we, it's, <laughs> <you>. but,
1: we, <laughs> but it does actually I mean, the six weeks is really it's not It's not the fact that you all finish the writing in the six weeks but you all at least have a fully formed idea within six weeks. So. I, th- I think that's all,
0: and that whole platform—the jumping-off thing—and I think um, I did have a little look round at Monsieur Le Google. and they were talking about the comfort zone being an aid to focus. All right. And I think that's actually really important when you start, isn't it? Is is focus down because it's such an exciting thing when you start to write. That you have all these a, a myriad of different ideas. And sometimes when um somebody comes to me and says, I've got all these ideas, I think I'm ninety-nine percent certain that you you are not at the stage of being able to focus enough to produce a whole book.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. you know,
0: and so, and the, sometimes the more sort of fragmented the ideas, the less chance they have of narrowing it down and just producing that 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 piece of work. Yeah, and so I was—we're actually surrounded by books we here, by books. books, and uh, one of the ones that I've got here. Have you heard of Lewis? Classic Gibbon.
2: Oh, I love his stuff. <gasps> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you know what he's famous for, and actually, I was just sort of leafing through something this morning, and um. It's it's about the connection to the land, yeah. and I think that there's always a definition, isn't there? You know, in, in a writer or in a filmmaker. So, um, this this I was just going to read this a little bit out about um. This comes from um, Sunset Song, and uh, it's it's the collection is called A Scots Queer by Lewis Grassic Gibbon, and he came from the northeast of Scotland, which is famously um, agricultural. It's famously yeah um a, a functional piece of Scotland, if you like, which, which produces massive amounts of, of food back in the day. You know, it was just a, a very efficient farming community. And he was one of the unusual writers that that, that wrote about the love of that land. It's easy to, to, to love the Western Isles mm-hmm. or Leafy Perthshire, but actually that north that Northeast it was he was one of the first writers. And he talks about um in Sunset Song, he says, "Um, she turned to the land close to it and the smell of it, kind and kind it was. It didn't rise up and torment your heart. You could keep it at peace with the land if you gave it your heart. And I think oh. there's something stunning, you know? Yeah. And I know that during lockdown, I actually turned to Lewis at Gibbon because I was reminded of how much. I just adore the land I, I come from. Yeah. I adore the very land beneath my feet. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot to be said for sometimes honing your comfort zone, do you feel? Hmm. Yeah. So you feel that you're expert. Doesn't matter how the world perceives you. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you feel expert in your in your zone yeah. do you feel that with with your memoir writing? I'm, I'm sure people must turn to you a lot maybe when it comes uh, to memoir yeah as, as being one of the experts in your field do yeah. you feel
1: no I do I certainly have I'm certainly within my comfort zone when it comes to memoir writing uh and or anything to do with psychopathy <laughs> so right. it's, it's like that's a strange comfort zone to have isn't it mm. <laughs> i'm really comfortable with psychopaths um mm. so not so much with them but with talking about them um but uh yeah so i, I sort of but if you ask me to 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 cook a meal <laughs> not so comfortable with that <laughs> I'm not a very good cook, so you know. But it is, is you know, if I'd been if I'd been reading articles about cookery and, uh, and sort of like the last fourteen years, sort of the same way attention as I had to psychopathy, I probably would be talking um, about cooking meals, Did you see
0: ever see that uh, episode of Miranda when she was meant to be all grown up and threw it through a dinner party? Was it Christmas
2: part Christmas? Was it Christmas dinner or something? I think it was something People like went that. She, she yeah. ended up at Marks
0: and Spencer's.
2: And then she was running around. That's and goes, me. Oh, there's a terrine!
0: Somebody's made the tureen. And then all these women sort of waltzed around Marks and Spencer's food hall going, Marks and Spencer's, they've saved our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we cook. <laughs> Quite seriously. God invented Marks and Spencer's for a purpose. <laughs> Well, but you, could People must turn to you as well for 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 that that
2: beautiful performance skills and it's, storytelling. With the storytelling, usually get brief. So someone will say, you know, school will phone up and say, um, we want to cover, I don't know, bullying, or um want, you know, we want to cover something about M- Mary Queen of Scots, for example. Yeah. Um, And so I'll dive in and and do my research and then come up with stories or relevant stories or performances about that. I once went to my son's school dressed in a Mary Queen of Scots outfit oh, wow. drove up could hardly could hardly drive because the dress kept popping up every time I stopped off at traffic lights got out of the car sort eased out of the car and my colleague was also in the same dress not the same dress, but a similar dress <laughs> a similar dress and um, Cameron School's got really skinny corridors that you walk down to get to the main hall And I can remember walking along this corridor, and the dress just was as wide as the corridor. And as I went down, one of Cameron's friends spotted me, and it was like, "Cameron, your mum's here. She's wearing a funny dress." (laughs) I remember getting going into the hall, and all the kids lining up, sort of going in, and Cameron being absolutely mortified Mortified. oh my god what is my mother doing now but the kids loved it i was getting them to do dabs and and things like that and a pavan you know because it was mary queen of scots and i think most of that yeah most of that performance was talking about um the pot boys that used to go underneath the Uh the dresses to collect the 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 urine yes (laughs) lovely (laughs) wonderful but no um going back to 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 the majority of stories, like with Midlothian Folk Tales, I went out and interviewed people and found the stories that that were actually folk tales, and then verified it, went to local studies, found out if there was anything in the stories. And if I didn't have all of that information, then I'd I'd make it into a story using my own own creative imagination.
0: That's actually on it, isn't it? I know that apropos of absolutely nothing, talking about... (laughs) Talking about, you know, you you don't know what the lived experience is in that frock until you've lived the experience, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we were watching Rocket Man the other night. Oh, it's been well, fun. It's, it's great. a great film, oh, isn't it, about Elton John and, and he was talking about, you know and and then we watched a little excerpt of Piers Morgan's life stories and, and the discussion of, of Elton John getting married. And uh, I remember putting two and two together and he went, yeah, it was a magical day. It was a lovely day. No, it was lovely. But I do remember (laughs) once there was this picture of Elton John who'd gone to a very elaborate, I think it was a pre-wedding celebration, I think, and he he was dressed in in sort of like French aristocrats costume. Mm. But his his wig was so high, he forgot he couldn't get in a car. (laughs) So they'd rented like this van she said, by the time he got there, he was really sick because he had this huge thing in his head. He, the van had no seats. He was kind of shuffling around. Because I remember the pictures in OK Magazine thinking, well, that's terribly fancy. You know, yeah, I remember never been seeing to... that. I remember seeing it. Yes. <laughs> he came out of the van, he was really sick. <laughs> Going around London, you know, they're all pampered. But I wonder whether the lived
2: experience... Adds to it. It does Do add think... to it because you get in, you get into the role, right? You get into, you just get into it. Again, that comfort yeah.
0: zone. Right. Yeah. So that's why
2: you're always, trying to, counter, into you're always yeah. trying to get us into wimples.
0: You're always trying to get us into wimples. You're always about the,
1: the frock and the gear. I am gear. about the frock.
2: I'm all about the frocks. I love the gear. I love dressing <laughs> up.
1: Says the woman <laughs> that wants to wear a gorilla suit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's context to
0: that, isn't there? <laughs> we were thinking of doing some sort of gorilla writing about her, and I said, "Oh, I'll go as the gorilla." No, it's not that kind of gorilla. <laughs> I am so going as the gorilla. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah you are. Yes, we know. We Helen rise. Mirren did say though when she was uh, filming the Queen. They said, "How did you get into character?" And she said, "It was easy, because the costumes were made in the same way as the Queen's." outfits are made. and so apparently it, they're so rich, they're uh-huh. so high. So she doesn't just wear a frock, she wears a frock that's lined with silk brocade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know it was all hand you know hand fastened at the back. And she said, the very moment she put on these stunningly beautifully cut clothes that were lined with silk and ermine <laughs> she said, that was it. I was a queen. Yes, it, was, it, was, it was a doddle. Mm-hmm. So next time you, you recommend wearing a wimple,
2: mm.
0: we should. Stand on the well, ramparts Well as we're sitting, we are sitting here though And one of us is wearing
1: a taffeta ball gown <laughs> <laughs> Who would that be Mary TT? Oh I can't not come in my taffeta ball gown Come on <laughs> You asked me to leave the crown at
2: home no. It's the dazzle from the tiara that gets me <laughs> I had to wear my sunglasses
0: Well um, as we are drawing the podcast to a close Tell us ladies what are you up to this week Anything exciting?
1: I am doing more on my novel this week. Uh I've got uh I'm I'm having a meeting with my editor tomorrow because i had to send i had to send her all sorts of character profiles and stuff this week so uh yeah it's all a it's a great learning process um so i'm doing that tomorrow and uh yeah so then i'll be doing more writing after that and i'm doing some writing coaching this week as well so it's all good cool to me to mm. to to help them write their
2: stories so, so cool. how about you how about you oh um well <laughs> <laughs> um i'm launching today this very day, dun, Scaramouche dun, 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 Published Company is launched. Dun, 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 and we're sitting at home with balloons and champagne and things like that because we can't have parties out. Aww. How can we get a hold of Scaramouche Place? You can find us online at ScaramouchePressInfo.com or you can find us on Twitter um, or you can find us on Facebook. So we're all over the place. Scaramouche. Um, yes, yeah, so. Mega. Lovely little publishing company, and I've been podcasting, not with you. <gasps> oh! I know. <laughs> what do you mean, me shocking? You mean, like, deceiving us with another podcast? I know. I've been creating a podcast called Tell Me More which is all about um, the curious stories all around Midlothian that you can find. So I'm unearthing them. interviewing people. And where where can we find that? That will be on a Made in Midlothian platform. So as yet, we don't really know.
0: Look at that. We are on it. Now keep writing, everybody. Do the mini military Thompson thing up at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Don't boil the kettle till you've written for two hours. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well you can boil the kettle, you just can't put, yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Have the loveliest of weeks. Okay, um, take oh, care. Oh, it goes so fast. It does, it oh, does. should we go and have a wee lie down? Where did I put my gorilla suit?
1: <laughs> Do you want the banana? You can have the banana back if you want to. <laughs> Join us too, the book whisperers.
0: We're dancing. <laughs> We are. You just can't see us. It's a bit better in, the, in your imagination
2: than it is in real life. <laughs> oh, stop doing the cat that, really. I love
0: it. <laughs> oh my god. No. Oh.